Hey, Rope Droppers, we want to thank our amazing sponsor, the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. She's an independent travel agent affiliated with MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. We have used her on a number of vacations and can't speak highly enough of her services. If you are thinking about a Disney vacation, she's the one to talk to. Her services are completely free. Disney pays her after you travel. And she is a wealth of knowledge that has saved us a lot of time and money. So check her out on Facebook at Rope Drop Queen or email her at michelle.mcknight at mei-travel.com. Now, on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio. Thank you for spending some of your day with us, listening to some fun travel adventures that Doug and I have together. And Doug, I think the Imagineers been listening to our last show because there are a lot of changes in the works, a lot of rumors uh, being talked about at the Magic Kingdom and Disney World in general. Have you been listening to some of these? Yeah, it was a little eerie. We record the show and then all of a sudden you're texting me about like, did you hear this? Did you hear this? I'm like... Are you still playing the game that we were playing last week, Derek? Because, uh, yeah, that that's over. That's recorded. And No, you're just saying, like, hey, I heard this rumor. It, that's it, pretty weird. Somehow they tapped into our podcast before it even launched, and the Imagineers were listening to us and taking some of our ideas. Or maybe that uh, enough people have complained about uh, the Stitch ride that they're finally making some changes. You would like to hope the complaints finally reach somewhere in Burbank, and Burbank said, yeah, maybe Stitch isn't the best fit for Tomorrowland. Yep, and, and kind of the big rumor that has been swirling is that it's going to be a Wreck-It Ralph uh, uh, attraction that's going to be in that area. Yeah, some sort of uh, sugar rush simulator. Um, that sounds exciting. It sounds like you get to race each other, and there's winners and losers and the best things in life have winners and losers i guess even at disney it's true well and then you have buzz lightyear which you're know competing in in there mm-hmm. right down a, a couple bl- a block away and so maybe Tomorrowland's going to become into uh the next uh, disney quest but it's going to be Tomorrowland, more fun uh with some future activities there but i just love how here we are talking about getting rid of stitch and kind of everyone's uh, been hating on Stitch with all the rumors uh, swirling. It's It's been nothing but praise. No one has said, oh man, they're going to get rid of Stitch. No, everyone's like, thank goodness. Yeah, absolutely. Let that go by the wayside. Well, that's funny. So Imagineers are listening to our podcast. So if you are a Disney Imagineer listening right now, thank you uh, for for listening to some of our crazy ideas. Uh, But I know the uh, other news is that uh, both of our Disney trips are coming up. We just hit the 180-day threshold, which, of course, means you have to make your ADRs. And you are within your 90 days of your Disney cruise, so you have to make your uh, travel plans. A lot of things people don't realize is that you have those days where you need to start planning those certain things. So what have you uh, been looking into for your Disney cruise coming up? So our cruise, we're uh, still silver members of the castaway club this is our last time we check in at 90 days um next time we'll be gold so we check in at like 105 so we're 90 so you go at midnight eastern so it's 11 o'clock central for us you log in you check in and if you have any interest in getting a cabana on the beach you go straight to the cabanas on your castaway key day and 
lo and behold, there was two cabanas available next to each other. I've never even seen a cabana available. I'm going to chalk it up to the fact that it's off-season, mid-November, and it's on the Magic, so less people fighting for the cabanas, um, which people would argue less people on the beach don't really need them. But we wanted to experience it, so we booked a cabana for us and a cabana for our parents. Our total traveling group is 14 people, so... You can only put a max of 10 in a cabana, so we had to get two. But still, to get two, I mean, you're right. I uh, You never hear those available. Yeah. So on the Dream and the Fantasy, the concierge guests just about snatch them all up first, and then if they don't, the Platinum members will get them. But the Magic's a lot smaller, a lot less concierge guests on the Magic and the Wonder. So I think that's what I'm going to chalk our odds up to. Uh, we also secured some Palo reservations for all the adults, except a couple those couple being me and Michelle, we uh, gonna let them go experience Palo while we do what we want to do um, on our sea day. We've done it before. We'll let them do it, and uh, we also booked our frozen meet and greet tickets and our princess gathering tickets. So that's what online check-ins all about, and securing your boarding time. And since it's a short cruise of just four nights. We wanted to make sure we got the absolute earliest boarding time. And, so. the, and these are things I didn't even really know until I started working with you and Michelle. And and that's a very good point. The uh, 90 days out, you got to start booking these things. I know for us, we want to do Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique uh, the first day before uh, the Pirates uh, fireworks and everything. And that's another thing you said. You got to book those 90 days out and get it going. Mm-hmm. If you want a massage, it's really important to the massages book up at the popular times. But so for you, Derek, your trip that you're talking about hitting your 180 day, that's also your cruise trip. So you would check in at the 75 day mark. So my grandfather and my aunt are in one cabin. They're new to Disney cruising. So they'll check in at 75 days and uh, we'll add them to those other excursions that we're doing. So. You have a little while before you have to do that for the cruise. So what have you been up to ADR-wise? Well, we finally figured out it took some time and some negotiation, but all of our ADRs are set for some reason. That always stresses me out because it, it, it amazes me how fast some of those ADRs go. ADRs go. Cinderella's Royal Table, I mean, that that books up 180 days out all the time. It's well, near- 180 plus 10 because if you have like a 10-day trip, you, you can, can book, book early, yep. Yeah, you book at your first day of your trip, so you're booking Cinderella's and be our guest for the end of the trip. So people with short trips, like say around your cruise, makes it a lot harder. So. Yep, so we didn't get Cinderella's table. It's funny because I wasn't planning on doing that. Usually, I know we've talked about this in the character dining, we do one character dining meal a trip. That's about our limit. It is, you know, some price and, you know, you kind of want to make it that one memorable thing. Well, because we're staying in the contemporary, I decided to add Chef Mickey's. So we were going to do Tusker House at the Animal Kingdom and Chef Mickey's. And I thought, hey, you know what? We're not going to surprise our kids. I'm just going to let them know ahead of time. And both my, my son and daughter were extremely bummed out that we were not doing any dining with the princesses. Of course, we did Ariel's Grotto and California Adventure. They love it. We have pictures all around our house from that. And both of them were, we want to do princesses. So I talked to your wife, the rope drop queen, Cinderella's table is already, you know, really full, it's not looking, and we're on the dining plan. And so with credits, um, she goes, how about we go to Epcot and go to, uh, and I'm always going to mispronounce this, Arch, 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 
Akershus over in the Norway Pavilion. And I said, you know, that'd be great and all, but uh, we're already doing Epcot. We got an ADR for the the Mexican restaurant, the Mexican Pavilion. That's one that my wife and I always said we'll go back and do kind of inside the, 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 it's not a pyramid, it's... um, well, that's Mayan pyramid. The Maya pyramid. I was thinking Mayan. Yeah, yep. Mine. So, so yeah. in there. Uh, but Michelle, your wife hooked it up to where we are going to do both restaurants that have been on our bucket list in Epcot. So we will do lunch with the princesses and then dinner uh, in the Mexican pavilion. Uh, the only problem with it is that we have a buffet at lunch, and you don't know me as well, but I eat until I about pass out if it's a Disney buffet. So that that will be, a, I don't know how hungry I'm going to be for our second ADR, but uh, we're definitely excited that we we got both of those dining reservations. Huge thank you to Michelle for doing that for us. But yeah, we got our four ADRs book, and I think the most hilarious thing is that we're not just doing one character meal. Oh no, we're doing three this trip. <laughs> that that happens as your kids hit that peak character age meal type of age, and that's where you're headed, Derek. You're headed into that category. One tip on going from the buffet to, uh, I believe it's San Angel Inn yep. in Mexico. So Norway and Mexico aren't too far away from each other. Um, so walk the long ways long way around. around. That will that will help you get hungry and you just the whole way around and uh that build up that hunger that's we, we got about I we got about support. six hours and so i think we'll stay on that world showcase side and and mm-hmm. just walk make our way back to it but no we're really excited this is the first time that we're doing the dining plan uh and uh yeah we're, we're gonna have a lot of fun with uh, the characters my kids are both toddlers so they're at the perfect age uh, where you know seeing the princesses that's the real princesses and I do think it's funny that my three-year-old son really wants to have uh, lunch with Belle and Ariel uh, mostly because he has an older sister that you know has roped him into all these things as well yeah when Alden was in that three to five age range he loved meeting the princesses loved the princess meals um, his hugs would linger a little longer than comfortable sometimes you know you'd see the princess kind of have to push him off so yeah that's what happens when you have older sister it's no big deal yep nope it's it's fine so we are adding yep three character meals so excited but uh what we're talking about today though doug is we've been getting some questions about disney transportation it's something i know you and i both love talking about because what people don't realize is in the walt disney world they have over a thousand cast members who are disney bus drivers that's Bigger than most high schools around Nebraska, but over a thousand employees just meant to drive their 300 plus fleet of buses, and it can be very overwhelming for the novice tourists to get from, hey, how do I get from A to B to C? And so we're going to talk a little bit about Disney transportation because it is an amazing thing. But yeah, it's Doug, it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. Like you said, the fleet of buses alone is massive. The other thing that's massive about Walt Disney World is a lot of people think they're going to a theme park, and their experience of a theme park is most likely a Six Flags or something like it in their local area. Um, Disney World is twice the size of Manhattan. So think about that. You can't walk that. Mm -hmm. There's no easy way around it. Disney purposely makes it so you can't walk from a lot of places uh, just for safety reasons, that way they're in control, but it's huge. They want to keep you in that Disney bubble, so they have to transport you around. 
Absolutely. So it's very big, um, and they have lots of ways to move you. So we're going to start at the top of that movement. You got to get from the airport. The airport to your resort. To the world. Yep. So uh, Disney provides, if you're staying on property, complimentary transportation with Disney's Magical Express. It Some days is very magical. Other days you kind of time it right after the bus leaves and you end up waiting for the next one. That's not as magical, but it's not too um, inconvenient. Um, Get you to your resort fairly quickly. It's about a 30 to 35 minute drive. And this is only for the Orlando Airport, MCU. Only MCO. Sorry, yes. MCO. I like to remember MCO because it's the magic company. I don't know. I heard that once. Every time I start with the word MC, I'm such a Marvel fan that I go right to the U because, and you know what? Uh, Disney Disney owns both properties pretty much. They practically have that airport, and then they also have Marvel as well. So uh, it makes sense. Yep. Yeah, you get uh, these luggage tags. If you're arriving before, say, 7 o'clock at night or so, you get these luggage tags um, that are bright yellow. You put them on your bags when you check into your home airport before you fly. So the bags that you check, say, in Denver, will show up in your room at Disney World without you getting them off the, the baggage claim if you put that tag on it. Um, sometimes you don't want to put that tag on it because you want to go to baggage claim and claim your bag. Um, if you're getting in later, it's kind of a good thing to do because uh, we've heard stories of people's bags showing up in their room at 1 a.m. when they're trying to sleep because they got in at like 8 p.m. So there is a bit of a delay. Disney's not going to get your bag and it's not going with you on that bus. It comes on a truck a little later. But it's pretty amazing. If you fly in at like 11, you get on the magical you go to the magical express check in they get you to your resort you may stop at one or two resorts before yours just depends on which resort you're at uh check in your resort you can drop your carry-on bags with the bell hop the bell service people if your room's not ready otherwise go throw them in your room you head to a park and then you come back from a park say after fireworks or after dinner there your bags are just waiting for you you hadn't seen them since you're uh Gave them to the airline. It's kind of amazing, really. Yeah, it's an incredible thing. I'm excited because we've flown into a couple other airports. Like you said, it's only MCO that does it um, because we have a really good direct flight to another airport in Florida, and I'm kind of bummed out and really hoping they do get the Magical Express someday. But uh, we're excited to try it out, and I know it's great for car seats if you have to fly with car seats as well if you're looking to you know, get on a, a cab or rent a car at any point in your trip if you're going on a cruise like we are. Uh, so, but they, yeah, all that goes right to your hotel. I'm excited to give you a review uh, on our experience with it. But I know a lot of people really question the bus system. How do I get from my hotel, my resort to Epcot or to the studios? Uh, and, you know, like we said, there's over 300 buses all working together in some magical way that helps you get there in efficient time. So talk about a little bit about the bus system at Disney World. So once you're to the world, um, all settled in, you're ready to go to a park, 90% of the transportation is going to be by buses, if not more. The bus is the workhorse of Disney transportation. So let's use Pop Century as an example. Right out front of the checkout area, there's bus stops labeled Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom, um, Disney Springs. They're all right there labeled for you. 
and you just basically go get in a corral area. There's a line, and you wait for the next bus. Disney says every 20 minutes there is a bus coming. Um, sometimes it's pretty accurate. Sometimes it's more often. Sometimes it's a little bit slower. Um, but you just you go wait, and you hope you don't wait the full 20 minutes. Hopefully you have good bus karma. Nope, um, we, and we do not. I seem to get there every time as the bus we would get on leaves. Yeah, we, we're not the people to travel with. There was one time we were waiting for Hollywood Studios, and we saw three Magic Kingdom buses, two Epcot buses. I mean, the kids were keeping track, and mm-hmm. we hadn't seen one Hollywood Studio. And, uh, you know, there's some times where you may be, you know, we we talk about going to the, the least crowded park, you know, planning around certain things. So extra magic hours is pretty hilarious. So we were hopping one time. It was like 11 o'clock. We went back to the resort to get rid of our jackets, and then we were hopping somewhere else. And uh, Magic Kingdom was having morning extra magic hours. That's where we just came back from because we went to the extra magic hours, did a few things, came back. The line for the bus for the Magic Kingdom at 11 o'clock was like spilling out of its holding area, and all the other bus areas were empty like you know two three people in each one so if you walk up to the bus area and you see the one area is just like packed overflowing that's a sign you're going to the crowded park that day so not only are the buses how you get there it's also how you can tell which park is going to be crazy but they go everywhere they do they do and it's it's a large fleet i'm it's amazing how many you know from a business side, they got to manage all those employees, all those buses, gases. It's 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 a whole workload in itself. So really amazing what Disney does. And not only do they have a fleet of buses, they have um, a fleet of boats to go with it. Over 45 boats in their fleet um, for another way of transportation uh, to and from parks and some tourist things that they do. Yeah, they have a lot of different boats. Um they call them different things depending on where you're at. In the Magic Kingdom area resorts, they call them the motor launch boat. I just I think to mess with us. In Epcot, it's called the friendship boats. And Disney Spring area is called water taxis. They're all basically the same thing. Um, so in the Magic Kingdom area, if you're staying at Wilderness Lodge, you can take a boat right to the Magic Kingdom. If you're staying at Polynesian Contemporary or uh, Grand Floridian, you can also take a boat. Fort Wilderness has a boat to the Magic Kingdom. Um, contemporary, can you walk there a thousand times faster than riding a boat? Absolutely. Um, that's what I would recommend every time. But the boat's kind of a nice alternative. Um, it's not always the most efficient. Um, it can say it can save some of those steps too. It can to... though. So when you're coming back for a break, it's kind of nice to get off your feet and just ride a boat. So the one loop it does is the Grand Floridian Polynesian Magic Kingdom that's one little loop and then it does another little loop that's Wilderness Lodge and Contemporary and uh, Fort Wilderness and then there's also a boat that just goes between those three resorts so you can resort hop just kind of between those three and uh, you know one thing I didn't mention with the buses they have certain hours um, according to Disney's website, the buses start running 45 minutes before the first park opening. So if the first park is having extra magic hours at 8 a.m., I mean 7.15 is usually when the first bus is going to come. We've seen them an hour before. Um, they don't typically get too much before that. The boats tend to start a little bit later than the buses. So if you're at 
Wilderness Lodge, for example, um, the boat's not going to get you there in time for rope drop. You'll be at the end of rope drop because it doesn't start running early enough. So they actually run a bus from the Wilderness Lodge to the Magic Kingdom, even though they have the boat option. Same thing with Beach Club, Boardwalk, and Yacht Club. There's boats to Hollywood Studios and to Epcot, but there's also buses. Um, I'm not sure there's a bus to Epcot from those because the walk is literally like five minutes. You'd walk further getting on and off your bus. But um, That's when you bring a you know, Segway. Yeah, that would be a great They idea. haven't started the Everybody Disney were... Segway uh, yet. So that's the other boat is that Epcot area. And then the water taxis at the Disney Springs resorts take you from the resorts to Disney Springs so you can go spend even more money uh, shopping down there. But parking's kind of crazy there. And the buses to Disney Springs are – it's like the longest bus route imaginable. So the boats are a really nice option if you're staying at French Quarter or Port Orleans or Oki West or Saratoga Springs. Depending on where you're at in Saratoga Springs, you can actually walk to Disney Springs, though. So boats are good, but uh, a lot of them you have to fold up your strollers. Some of them you don't. Buses, you always have to fold up strollers um, when you get on the bus. So the stroller can be an issue with the bus, too. No, and yep, I've seen that too. Uh, there's a lot of strollers that go on both buses and boats, and pretty much everywhere because Disney does. People forget Disney does is primarily for those kids. So uh, definitely a good tip to keep in mind when you're definitely traveling. That's why we disagree with how we do strollers at the parks. But that is a whole nother yeah. show that we will again talk about uh, probably periodically every show for the rest of our lives is uh, rope dropping the stroller rental place. But uh. Uh, another thing that the boats do that we didn't talk about uh, that I really like that I, I can't wait to send my kids on is they do a lot of pirate adventures and, and some specialty things that, that adults can't even do. So kids get on the boats in the morning and we'll go do individual adventures uh, and, and fun things on the boats uh, while the parents kind of get maybe a half day off to themselves. Yeah, those are really cool. Um, we never sent our kids on any because um, I don't know why. I'm not real sure. Well, Alden had some attachment issues is probably the real reason when we break it all down. But I think the girls would have loved it. Um, we did the Pirates and Pals fireworks one time. It's their pontoon boats is what you're on for those. And watching the fireworks from the Seven Seas Lagoon is pretty good. Um, it wasn't crowded. Just our boat full of people. And that was after like a half hour of just tooling around in the, the lagoon with talking about pirates and listening to pirate music and if you're a Jake and the Neverland Pirate fan they, they do a good job of incorporating that so it's geared towards little kids and older kids alike um, and you get like snacks beforehand and uh, you get to meet Peter Pan afterwards and they do a lot of different things there's there's uh, all kinds of little cruises you can book for illuminations for wishes so they do a lot on the water and with the water with all of their boats to help move people around and alleviate uh, you're viewing for uh, wishes so you don't have to elbow people out of the way well disney definitely does it right and like we said they have over 45 boats to their fleet and uh, i think we kind of hit up on everything anything else on boats you wanted to, to mention before we move um, on to one of my favorite transportation let's move on let's move along move well on. 
my, one of my favorites, and it's just because it was such a great memory as a kid, and I've been able to do it a handful of times since then, is the monorail system. Uh, I don't know what it is as a kid. It's just seeing the Magic Kingdom in the distance, going through the contemporary. I love the monorail. I think that's why I've always wanted to bucket list the contemporary and we finally get to do it. But uh, that is another great option uh, to get to the parks is using, uh, especially back in the day, that was state of the art, but using the monorail system. Yeah, so the monorail services three resorts and the Magic Kingdom, and then it also has a loop running to Epcot. Um, so it's great to use if you're hopping from Magic Kingdom to Epcot or vice versa. We've used it before to go from Illuminations to Wishes because Wishes was running later in the day. And uh, so it's fun, too. It's one thing, though, that the buses have kind of taken out of the traditional Disney experiences for a lot of families so if you're a family staying at Art of Animation, you never have to ride the monorail. You kind of have to go out of your way to get to the monorail mm -hmm. or to the highway in the sky. So there's a lot of people that go and never ride it. Um, the people that have to ride it or need to ride it are the people that drive or rent a car and park at the Magic Kingdom because you have to go to the TTC, which is the Ticket and Transportation Center, where you either get on a monorail or you can take a ferry. That's the one boat we didn't mention because it just didn't fit yet. So the TTC has monorail or ferry across to the Magic Kingdom. Um, so a lot of people that need to get to breakfast at, like, say, 1900 Park Fair, um, they got to get on the resort loop monorail. There's an express monorail that just stops at the TTC and at Magic Kingdom, then there's a resort loop that stops at all the resorts, the TTC and the Magic Kingdom. The resort loop starts running at 7 a.m. The express loop will run 30 minutes prior to the Magic Kingdom opening. So if it opens at 9 a.m., it doesn't start moving people until 8.30. So if you're wanting to rope drop Magic Kingdom, the express loop will not help you much. You need to get on that resort loop much earlier. Um, and the Epcot loop starts running at 8 a.m. So if you really want to get somewhere to be in the front of that rope drop line at Epcot, the monorail may not be a best option. You might have to explore something else that we'll get to a little bit later. But um, monorail's fun. Um, we did, after our 10th anniversary, we did a three-night Disney cruise on the Dream. After that, we had till 4 o'clock in the afternoon before we flew home. So we went to downtown Disney. Uh walked around a little bit then we went to the poly had a dole whip and then we rode the monorail around we rode it to epcot we rode it pat so we did what i call poor man's disney trip we didn't have a park ticket but we still went into epcot technically we were in a park so through, through yeah. the monorail yep yep it, it's still kind of fun even for uh 30 some year olds to do so that was our poor man's trip well, and, and yep, I'm, I'm looking forward to staying in the Contemporary and finally uh, getting on the monorail in there and seeing it go through. I've always been, poor man's trip, I've always seen the uh, Contemporary from the monorail. Now I actually get to experience on the other side. 
You're you're one of the others now. Huh? Yep, I'm I'm gonna I'm moving up moving up in the world. Moving on up. Yep. So another way that and it's actually becoming a, a lot more popular is of course you got cabs, but you also have Uber, and then we can talk about rental cars as well because we did our first Uber and uh, then uh, last time we were in Orlando. But let's talk a little bit about uh, your own uh, transportation, not relying on any of the services that Disney provides. Well, back when our kids were stroller-aged, we loved renting a car. Um, You're fully in control of your timeline. There's no waiting on a bus, no waiting on a monorail, no folding up a stroller, holding it and a child on a bus that's crowded. Um, You do have to park and walk a little ways. Um, There's trams in the parking lot to take you from your car to the gate. However, that tram you got to fold up your stroller and put it on there. So it's not all ideal, but uh, we really liked having the the rental car and being able to put the kids in there and drive around, get them to take a nap if we need to. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that was, we just drove around, they took a nap, Michelle ran a Target, get random things. So the rental car, you're in control. The one place the rental car really backfires, though, is the Magic Kingdom because you have to do that transportation from the TTC to the Magic Kingdom. It just adds that little bit of extra fun, I guess, if you really want to try to sell it to your children. But it's a little little extra element. Also, if you're staying on property, parking's included. So you don't have to pay to park. If you're staying off property, it's $20 a day to park. You can still park hop and drive from park to park. You only pay one time. So it's not that big a deal um, if you're park hopping and doing the parking. However, if you park hop with Disney's transportation, then you got to get back to your car. So you can't get too carried away on that if you have your car parked somewhere. Yep. What about uh, so that's great tips for the rental car, but what about uh, taxi cabs and of course Uber and Lyft are really big right now. What are your experiences uh, with those? Well, to get to the parks, the cabs work pretty good. Um, the Magic Kingdom, though. I believe they're still dropping people off at the TTC. So if you get a cab there, they're going to not get you to the gate. Uh, Hollywood Studios, Epcot, Animal Kingdom, they get you right up there. Um, and that's really efficient way. A cab ride around Walt Disney World, you know, 20 to $25. It's not really crazy expensive. Um, it's fairly quick, too, and you're in pretty good control. Most deluxe resorts have cabs just sitting and waiting. Um the moderates and the values, you can ask um, one of the guys outside, to, you need a cab, and they'll get you one fairly quick. Um, there may be one pull up to drop somebody off, too. We've used a cab several times. Um, our kids, they remember their first cab ride because like, the guy had weird music playing, and he was very odd, and he, we couldn't understand a word he said. So that wasn't the best part. But, of the but he got, you, but he got you to where you wanted to go. Yep, we went from, uh, we were at the Magic Kingdom, we wanted to go to what was then Downtown Disney. There's no direct bus to Downtown Disney, so you got to go to a resort. So we walked to the Contemporary. As we're walking to the Contemporary, we saw the Downtown Disney bus pull off. We're like, well, that's not good. And we're, it was the end of the day, we're tired, we just wanted to get to dinner. Um, so we walked over, grabbed a cab, and off we went. We were probably to downtown Disney before the next bus even was on its way back there. So, and then we had a cab where we were able to sit in comfortable seats, have a seatbelt, you know, that sort of stuff. Our stroller fit in the back of the van that we were in. 
So the cabs are a good experience, and basically Uber and Lyft, basically slowly replacing them. It's one good way to guarantee you're going to have a ride, especially at the moderates and the values, is you can get on there and book, you know, book it to come get you, and that way you don't have to wait on a cab or worry if a cab's available or if there's a cab big enough for your family, because Orlando does have um, Uber family, which is a a good thing to have in Orlando. Oh, absolutely. And then well, I've, I've used a cab. You were talking about uh, down t- back when it was downtown Disney. Um, we had one where the, the buses were just ma- – it was New Year's, and the line, I mean, it would have been two, three hours probably with the amount of people in the resort area. So it was just so much faster to get on a cab, get back to the resort. So what that you pay 20, 30 bucks. Uh, it just saved us – lot of time and energy fighting other people so i like sometimes using a cab using uber uh just it saves you time yeah you're spending a little bit more money um but it that's what it all comes down to is is uh, how much time you want to spend at places and if you don't want to wait for a bus or you see your but like us we seem to always miss the bus and have to wait an extra 20 minutes that's why we missed rope drop this last time at the studios um and it, so if you want to guarantee a rope drop the best way to do it of course is to get a cab or a uh, transportation like that yeah it's how much is your time worth to you mm-hmm. you know and sometimes that cab ride can save you you know, you can look at your kids as you're leaving a park for your midday break. If they're on the verge of a breakdown, how, is standing in line for a bus for 15 minutes and getting on a crowded bus, is that going to help that breakdown? Sometimes like, hey, kids, let's go ride in this cab. It's kind of exciting to them. It is. It's, you know, usually air conditioned uh, and and you know sometimes you get interesting we've had we've been blessed by cab drivers i've always, we've always seemed to have really cool ones uh that listen to the same type of music we do and they end up getting really big tips from us but uh yeah you know you, you never know what kind of experience you're definitely going to have there but you do know that it's going to be more time efficient yep i'm not afraid to do it we don't do it very often maybe once or twice a trip but mm-hmm. it's there it's a tool that you need to use every now and then i know for us the big the way we used uber last time was getting from a disney resort to universal studios which worked fantastic for us and even better was on the way back there's already uh, a car waiting so literally just get on the car and and takes us right back to our resort yeah there's lots of options there you know uh one of the things we've used a cab for as well is to go from resort to resort, which you're staying at, you know, say Pop Century. You have dinner at, um, oh, pick a dinner you want to have at a resort. Derek, be adventurous here. Be adventurous. Give me a challenge. Let's uh, let's go to the Grand Floridian because I still want to do that character, the 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 British character dining. Okay, so you want to get from. Pop Century, or well, you're staying Art of Animation. Let's use that as an example. So you're at Art of Animation. You want to go to Grand Floridian to go to 1900. Park How are you going to do that? So the way you're going to do it is you get on a bus to the Magic Kingdom. You get to the Magic Kingdom. Then you have a couple options to get to 1900. You can take a Bonnerel. You can take the boat back over there. Um, but the way it's set up is the parks are kind of like the hubs of the Disney bus system. So you could get on a bus to Hollywood Studios and then get on a bus to the Grand Floridian. So what we've done in the past is get on whatever bus shows up first, we go to that park. 
and then we go wait for the resort that we need. So the each park works as a hub, um, so to speak, to help get you around. Um, that takes some time. Um, that's why Disney will tell you to allow up to an hour for your transportation on all your dining reservations. It has a little you know fine print, and they say allow an hour to get there because. If you're waiting on two different buses plus travel time, and if a bus is full, you might have to wait for the next one, that can really add up. And when we're talking about cabs, I think that's the number one use is to get from resort to resort and cut out that middle part. But what about park to park? Say we uh, have a dining reservation at a different park and we want to get from the studios to Epcot, which we will be doing. That That is pretty easy. Each park has a bus stop for each other park and they run pretty regularly that's how we do most of our hopping nowadays um, like we used that bus to watch the Star Wars fireworks and then we ran to the bus stop and we headed over to the Magic Kingdom and watched the electrical parade and wishes that night so those buses work pretty good um, like that bus that we were on from Hollywood Studios to the Magic Kingdom because it, it was evening extra magic hours it was packed I mean you if you were standing up, you couldn't fall over type of pact. And it was also after a nice hot day of sweaty people. So that was fun. That, yep, that's, so there you go. That's uh, I know that's a question we get. Just buses, and with over 300 buses, you're going to get... Uh, you're going to get everywhere and anywhere as long as you take some time, do some research, and uh, find out the best options. So, no, that, that's a really good tip. And uh, we have a couple questions uh, we're going to get to. Uh, and question number one that goes in with transportation is, I'm staying at Coronado Springs, and I have a 730 at Chef Mickey's. Will the buses get me there in time? That's an excellent question. So, according to Disney's official website, they start running 45 minutes before park opening. Um, I think, really, they start running about an hour before. If there's a morning extra magic hour somewhere at 8 a.m., that means the bus starts running at 7 a.m. That doesn't mean that there's a bus waiting to pick you up at 7 a.m. Um, and you'd be getting on a, if you're at Coronado, you'd get on a Magic Kingdom bus ride that to the Magic Kingdom, then get out and walk over to the Contemporary. That's about a 10-minute walk. So if you're going to go by the bus, you are cutting it close. Um, if you're late, Disney will they'll get you seated eventually, but you're then you're cutting in your park day. If mm -hmm. you're showing up at 7.45, 7.50, they'll work with you, but then you're not making a rope drop. If you're doing a 7.30 breakfast you're able to get out of Chef Mickey's and over to that rope drop. Um, that's one where they say you can talk to your concierge at your resort and they'll make sure the buses run earlier, which you can still miss the bus that supposedly comes earlier for you. If you're not standing there waiting um, you know, super early, you can miss it. So there you're talking about time getting up earlier, waiting for a bus that may or may not show up in time to get you there. Um, and Disney will say, yeah, we got you to your reservation. They'll take care of you. If you take Disney transportation and you show up late, they'll, they'll get you in. That's how Disney kind of says, like, yeah, well, they'll get you seated. Um, but that's a perfect example. Get a cab. Um, mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, man, you could really – it just slows your whole day down. Yeah, you can do a bus for free, but you're waiting for a bus, you're riding a bus, then you're walking from a bus – a cab is going to go door to door 
let's be honest, that's worth the price tag right there. Unless you have the opposite of what we have and you're lucky that you get the bus, you get there. On our honeymoon, my wife and I somehow had the magical power that we would show up and then our bus would show up within 30 seconds. So you, you wasted I, all your bus karma right I, there. I guess, because now with kids, it's we show up as the our bus is leaving, and then you get uh-huh. 15 buses for the other parks in Disney Springs before our next bus comes. In fact, one time I actually had to call Disney. I, I called our concierge and go, are we ever, because it was well over 20 minutes. I was like, are we ever going to get, uh, I think we're trying to go to the studios, and we had four or five Magic Kingdoms, Epcot, Springs. I was like, is the studios bus ever going to come? Am I in the Am I in the non-studios bus lane? Uh, and finally one did. They're, sir, are we sure that one's coming out? So, um, yeah, 20 minutes. 20 minutes can really be 30 minutes. I do like some of the mm-hmm. resorts do have times, and those are pretty accurate. Like wait times, hey, next bus is going to be here in five minutes, and they're pretty uh, they're pretty dead on. I really like that at some of the bus stops. Yeah, um, I hope that expands out to all the bus stops. Right now it's mostly just deluxes, though. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the uh, final question that we have that I think might actually be for my wife because she was talking about this the other day, uh, be, uh, very common question. Uh, I'm at the Magic Kingdom all day, and I have dinner at Hoopty Doo Review. How do I get there? Uh, I know we want to. My wife loves that restaurant. She uh, really wants to go back, but we've decided we're going to wait till our kids are a little bit older. But for future, our next trip, how would we get from the Magic Kingdom to Hoopty Doo Review over at Fort Wilderness? That is actually you're in just the right spot to make it easy. The Magic Kingdom is the easiest place to get to Fort Wilderness from to get to Hoopty Doo. Because you would just take the boat um, right from the Magic Kingdom over to Fort Wilderness. At times around show times, they start running extra boats to to deal with the demand. Because a lot of people will take a bus to the Magic Kingdom and then get on the boat to head over to Hoopty Doo. If you're driving to Hoopty Doo, um, allow that extra time because you got to find a parking spot in the parking lot, which is not that big, and it's full of a lot of people's trailers. Because um, they ha- drive like a truck that they pull their RV. golf cart on, and yeah, so the parking lot is. We had to drive around quite a few times before we made a spot, and then uh, you get on a bus, an internal bus loop, to go over to the area um, that the show is. But the boat takes you right to the right area to get to Pioneer Hall and watch the show. Yep. So that's that's the good tip. Uh, a lot of people would think about the buses first, but yeah, always check out the boats uh, to see where they are going because they uh, a lot of times are an even better option. And I think a lot of tourists forget that they're even there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know if you have a a meal at Beach Club, remember you can just walk out the back door at Epcot. Um, same thing with Boardwalk and the Yacht Club; they're right there. Epcot's kind of a transportation hub for that. Grant, it's a hike from the monorail over to Beach Club, but if you're hanging out at World Showcase and you're going to go eat at Cape May, it's right there. Wonderful tip. Well, this has uh, been a wonderful show on transportation about all the time that we have. Uh, Doug, is there anything else that you wanted to add before we kind of sign off? No, you know, a couple, one funny uh, story about transportation. We are on the Epcot loop with the monorail. And uh, all three kids fell asleep, right? There's two of us, three kids. Um, one was in the stroller. Michelle was holding one. And Samantha was in there. She's our oldest, leaning against the wall. So we get there, 
and we hop out. I'm pulling the stroller out. Michelle's taking one kid out to throw him in the stroller, and then we're going to go back and get Samantha. The other person in there is, like, freaking out that we're leaving our child, so it was kind of funny. They're yelling at us in Spanish about our, our child, like, we got it. We'll get her. So, um, you know, families of five, that transportation, I don't know. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not, but Samantha was just, like, out cold on the monorail, so it took a while to wake her up. But uh, uh, transportation can provide some humorous stories. Um, usually when you get off the bus and a kid talks about the smell they were smelling from the person next to them. And, and yeah, and there's, uh, I know on Reddit and some other things, there's a lot of funny uh, former employees and a lot of funny travel Disney transportation stories that you can research if you want to brighten your day. Or And there's some horror stories, too, because they're, with that huge of a system, there's something can go wrong at times. So, But Disney does it right. They do a really well job um, getting you where you need to go. They pretty much have it down to a system. And we love hearing about your uh, travel stories. So if you have anything you'd like to share, well, uh, post on Facebook or Twitter. And if you have any questions, please let us know as well. We love answering your questions on air. And if you want to book anything, uh, let us know. And we'll put you in touch with the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. She just took care of all my ADRs. And next we'll be doing Fast Passes. So here in a couple months, we'll talk about what we were able to book. And we'll help you with that as well. But... Uh, For Doug, I'm Derek. Thank you for listening to another Rope Drop Radio. Stay tuned every week, every Friday, as a new one launches. Thank you for listening.